Hello everyone, this is Jim Lucy, Editor-in-Chief for Electrical Wholesaling and Electrical Marketing with the May 9th edition of the Today's Electrical Economy Podcast sponsored by Champion Fiberglass. The company began producing epoxy fiberglass conduit fittings in 1988 and in 1989 developed the first conduit from epoxy resins that had flame resistance and low smoke characteristics. This met the most stringent codes and specifications. Electrical Wholesaling's Today's Electrical Economy Cop podcast will take a look at what's happening with some major electrical stocks in the midst of this downturn on Wall Street. We'll try to make sense of some rather large increases in electrical manufacturers' new orders and then discuss some of the largest data center projects now in the construction pipeline. But first, let's check out some weekly economic indicators that can offer you an idea where the market may be headed. These five, five weekly indicators are initial unemployment claims at the state level, rail freight car traffic, the Baker Hughes rig count, oil prices, and copper prices. Our thanks again to Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring today's Electrical Economy podcast for 2022. For the week ending April the 30th, the advance figure for seasonally adjusted unemployment claims was 200,000, an increase of 19,000 from the previous week's revised level. The four-week moving average for these claims was 188,000, an increase of 8,000 from the previous week's revised average. U.S. unemployment rate through April is 3.6%. These six states had the biggest decreases in unemployment claims for the week ending April the 30th. Massachusetts had a decrease of 3,078 claims. New Jersey came in with a decrease of 2,741 claims. Connecticut also had a sizable decrease with a 2,316 fewer claims. Ohio was down 2,194 claims. California was down 2,135 claims and Rhode Island was down 1,216 claims. On the flip side, we had five states with added unemployment claims that were quite a bit above some of the other states. New York's claims were up 7,342. Illinois saw an increase of 3,169 claims. Kentucky saw an increase of 1,180 claims. Michigan was up 1,048 claims, and New Hampshire had an increase of 404 claims. We always like to check in on freight rail traffic because it's one of the more interesting leading indicators for the overall U.S. economy. It's a measure of the amount of raw materials and finished goods being shipped by rail. The best source for this data is the American Association of Railroads, which publishes this data weekly. AAR released both its April monthly data and its regular weekly data this week. For the month of April, combined U.S. carload and intermodal freight car traffic in April was 2,854,000, which is down 5.8%, or 122,798 carloads and intermodal units from April 2021. When you look at the data on a year-to-date basis, total combined traffic for the U.S. for the first 17 weeks of 2022 was 8 million. 359,892 carloads and intermodal units, a decrease of 3.4% compared to last year. The most recent AAR traffic data shows that for the week ending April the 30th, total U.S. weekly rail traffic was 506,699 carloads and intermodal units, and that is down 6.3% compared with the same week last year. AAR Senior Vice President John T. Gray said in the press release, U.S. rail traffic in April had something for everyone. Optimists can point to autos, chemicals, and scrap, all of which had solid games. Pessimists can point to grain, intermodal units, and petroleum products, which saw significant declines. In the middle are carloads and industrial products, and that's an aggregation of seven key carload categories, which fell slightly in April, consistent with the most recent GDP numbers. 
Many of the freight categories were in the red, with petroleum and petroleum products showing the biggest year-to-date declines versus this time last year. They had a 15.8% decline. Grain came in at a decline of 9.6%, and motor vehicles and parts were down 6.4%. Leading the freight categories with some increases was chemicals that had an 8% gain, coal had a 7.3% gain, and non-metallic minerals was up 6.9%. If you track the oil market, you're probably familiar with the Baker Hughes rig count, and this tracks oil and gas rigs that are operating. The data is available by state, by basin, and nationally at www.rigcount.bakerhughes.com. I always like to show you this slide because it gives an idea of the largest oil and gas deposits, and it gives you a sense of just how many of these large oil plays are in Texas and Oklahoma, and how big an area the Marcellus gas region covers in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and parts of West Virginia. And staying with the current trend, there wasn't much change in the oil rig count over the past week, but the year-over-year -year data reflects some significant changes. The U.S. total gas and rig count is up 59% to 695 active rigs. That's a change of 257 rigs. The Permian and Eagle Ford basins in Texas accounted for more than half of that increase. WTI oil prices sprinted above $105 a barrel over the past two weeks. The current oil price as of Monday, May the 9th, was approximately $109.80. Economists like to call copper pricing Dr. Copper because it's a leading economic indicator for future economic activity. It's used in many industries in the construction area, and that's particularly in wire and cable and copper plumbing pipe. Copper prices have been dropping over the past few weeks, and through early in May, it has been below $4.30 a pound. John Price, the publisher of the Copper Journal, and a great resource for any information on copper pricing trends, had this to say in his report released on Monday, May the 9th. Copper has fallen for four consecutive weeks and is now giving up 46% in the process to close at $4.26%. That represents a six-month low. It's edging closer to the lower end of its $4 to $5 per pound range that it has been in since February of 2021. Rising inventories haven't helped copper's cause with some 110,000 metric tons of excess metal going into the warehouses since the, this year began. But 300,000 metric tons of metal-held inventory relative to a $25 million, $25 million ton market is not a significant number. However, it does tell us that it, there currently is a surplus of copper. With the stock market near some 52-week lows right now, I thought it would be interesting to look at the journey several electrical stocks have been on since the COVID pandemic began. The two charts on this page shows two things. The wild price swings of three electrical stocks since 2019, Security Brands, Generac, and Hubble. We compare them to the S&P index. I also have a chart showing what would happen if you would invest $10,000 in these stocks in January of 2019. I've concluded in Acuity because over the past few years, its share price has been pretty volatile. It's swung from being a top performer among electrical stocks to taking a pretty good hit and then recovering somewhat again. I chose Generac because it was one of the top performing electrical stocks over the past few years and was generating some very impressive returns. It peaked in November 22 and then has been plummeting the last few months before seeing some recovery over the past several weeks. I, I have Hubble in this chart because it's been a pretty steady performer, maybe more so than the other two, not rising as high or dropping as far. And through Friday of May 6, it has not been affected as much as the other stocks in this chart. As I mentioned, this chart, the chart on the right shows the return of a $10,000 investment made on January 2nd, 2019, which is approximately a year before we discovered the pandemic. 
Since that time, an investment in Acuity has lost 18.5%, an investment in Generac has lost 33%, and an investment in Hubble is down 4.4%. Comparatively, the S&P 500 index is down 13% since then. As, as the chart shows, a $10,000 investment in Generac made back in January of 2019 generated some huge returns on last, until last November. Back then, in November, it was worth just under $100,000, and since then, it has lost roughly a third of that value over the last six months. An important data point specific to the electrical market that Electrical Market Newsletter tracks on a monthly basis are electrical manufacturers' new orders. This data is compiled by the U.S. Department of Commerce. When you look at the raw data for these orders and don't adjust it for seasonal variations, it has been particularly volatile. Even when you smooth out the new order data by using a three-month average, the last few months have shown some double-digit increases. And when you look at the latest data, the three-month moving average for March, it's showing a huge increase, on, again, on an unseasonally adjusted basis of more than 41%. Inflation has to be responsible for much of this increase. But when you think of supply chain issues, it's still puzzling to pin down an exact reason for these dramatic increases. This slide from the St. Louis Federal Reserve Bank takes a longer-term perspective and shows you electrical manufacturers' orders going back to 2007, just before that major recession we had in 2008 and 2009. When you look at these orders on a three-month average in millions of dollars, the sweet spot after that recession appears to be between 3200 and 3600 The March data that just came in is over 4000 it concerns me that when you look at the chart, you can see that any spike over 4,000 occurred just before or during the last few recessions. I'm not predicting a recession here, but this data point will be worth watching over the next few months. I was updating the electrical market and construction project database recently, and I continue to be impressed with how much data center construction is underway and is in the planning pipeline. Let's take a look at some of these projects. While tech giants like Facebook, Google, Microsoft, and Amazon continue to lead in this project category, I am finding plenty of smaller tech and telecom companies with data center projects. I found plenty of other projects than what are listed here, but the 11 projects on a profiling account here account for no less than $8.4 billion in total construction spend. When you think that a rough estimate rule of thumb for electrical spend is about 10% of a total construction project, that means there's about $800 million in electrical construction materials and services in just these 11 projects alone. As I mentioned, some of the larger spends are, we've got Facebook with a $2 billion project being planned for the Prineville, Oregon campus. Microsoft announced a billion dollars worth of data centers up in West Des Moines, Iowa, in DeKalb, Illinois. We've got the expansion that was announced recently for a billion dollar project that's 2.4 million square foot for a meta or a facebook data center we've got an atlas data center 923 million williston north dakota that's in the planning stage and we've got the facebook east parkway data center in mesa arizona it's 800 million facebook's got another big one in a for 800 million and that's in kuna idaho we've got a google data center expansion in loudon county and that's a 600 million dollars loudon county is a western part of the uh, washington d suburbs the largest single area for data centers we've got a big data center going in sparks nevada the switch super switch super nap data center second phase another data facebook data center 400 million dollars worth in los lunas new mexico a Kahlo data one data center ashburn virginia also in that data center sweet spot in the washington dc metro that's going for 400 million 
And we've got a Fort Worth data center in a QTS data center, $150 million. Thanks again for listening today. And thanks again to the folks from Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring the Electrical Wholesalings Today's Electrical Economy Podcast series, series for 2022. Please contact me if there's any other type of economic data we'd like us to cover in these podcasts. And if you need a deeper dive into some of the data that we, we cover each of these podcasts, uh, you can t- please give me a call at 913-461-7679 or email me at jlucy at endeavorb2b.com. I can hook you up with a subscription for Electrical Market Newsletter. That's only $99 a year. Or we can uh, chat about any other type of data you may be looking for. Our next presentation will be on Monday, May the 23rd. Until then, stay healthy, be happy, and look forward to chatting with you in two weeks.